back to Winners Win Live. This is Christopher Copley, president of Search 365, and I want to complete uh, the 14 points to becoming a multimillionaire, to truly achieving, you know, success in, in you know, in your life. And so I, I, I gave you the first seven principles on part one, and I'm going to give you the second seven now uh, so that you have the complete 14 to begin to implement. You heard me say, don't learn for the purpose of entertainment, but learn <clears throat> for the purpose of, of growth, of value. And, and the way that you grow and add value is to implement, you know, what you're learning. And so you wanna make sure you do that. So let me do a quick recap. Let me just do a quick recap, um, just so that you have that in front of you. Number one was invest 10% of your income in yourself, you know, and you want to make sure that that's something, the first one you implement and quickly. The, number two is invest 80% of the time that you're not working into learning. Number three was don't work for money, work to learn. See, see be motivated by the process and the growth and the learning, not the money. Because here's, here's another, another tip I can throw in on that one. In the beginning, there's not a lot of money. So money is your motivation to becoming very successful. You're going to get discouraged very early on because most people will tell you in the beginning, you work, work way harder than you're paid. But in the end, you're paid way more than you work. So you got to get through that first stage to get to the second stage. At this point in my life, it doesn't make sense to get paid what I get paid to do what I do. But I don't get paid for what I do today. I'm getting paid because of what I did to get started 34 years ago. And the years that I put into learning and implementing when I was making very little to no money that created the situation that I'm in today. So you gotta focus on the learning and growing, not on money. That's number three. Number four is don't learn for entertainment purposes. Learn to create value. And the key to switching learning from entertainment to value is implementation. That was number four. Number five, invest at least 10% of your income in vehicles that will generate more money. This is where you become an investor and, and where you find ways to create your multiple streams of income. Number six, shift your motivation from getting to giving. What can I give? It's got to be from the, the space from which you operate because you get what you give. You don't get what you get. And so you got to make sure your motivation is coming from the right space. And number seven was openly acknowledge how dependent you are on others. Openly acknowledge that we, you cannot win alone. If your goal is to help, you still need people that will allow you to help them. Help me help you. So that was number seven. So let's go right into number eight. Number eight is create win-win strategic partnerships 
so you can achieve 10 times what your goals are, 100 times what your goals are. But see, to do that, you got to create win-win strategic partnerships. See, see, sometimes we get 100% caught up in competing with people. And competition is healthy. Competition is okay. But do you have equally as many strategic partnerships, people that you're working with to achieve 10 times, 100 times what you ever thought you could achieve on your own? See, what you can achieve individually is limited. But what you can achieve in collaboration with others is 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 mind-blowing. And so you've got to, in this journey to become multi-man, to become wealthy, to become successful, you got to create win-win strategic partnerships. Right now, building your business, who's your sideline partners that you're working with or working together? Who's your upline partnership that you're working with or working together to build your business? Those strategic partnerships allow you to achieve so much more than you believe you can and then you can on your own. Even as I look for ways to, to, to invest, to create multiple streams of income, I'm constantly looking for strategic partners because I don't want to do the work. I don't want to build another business. But I, I, I'd like to own a part of other businesses. I'd like to own other things that generate income that'll take care of my family long after I'm gone. But I can only do that with strategic partnerships. So number eight is create win-win. Don't try to figure out how you can get over on somebody else. Win-win strategic partnerships. It's something you've got to invest in. Number nine is kind of two part. The first part is you got to set 10 time goals. What does that mean? What it basically means in layman terms is most of you think too small. Most, most of you, your goals aren't big enough. You need to take whatever your goal is right now and multiply it by 10. And the second part of nine is you got to set 10 times goals and face your fears. See, some of you, when I say take your goal and multiply it by 10, that scares you. You're, you're afraid that, that you can't achieve the goal you wrote down. Now I'm telling you to multiply it by 10 and go for that goal, go for something 10 times bigger than you thought you could achieve in the first place. You got to face that fear. See, it's think, you got to think big. See, I've always been a believer in this. If you shoot for big, even if you fall short, you're larger than you ever thought you would be. Most successful people never hit their goal when they set it. Most successful people. Because they set such stretchingly realistic big goals that they tend to never achieve them when they set the goal to achieve it. But those goals are so big that they're miles ahead, light years ahead of everybody else. 
but if they didn't face the fear of going after such a big goal, you know, when 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 Bill Gates started at Microsoft, and I and I'm just using this example because it's a story I know, but his goal was to put a computer in every household. But but at the time that he set that goal, now think about it: a computer. He's going to put a computer that uses his software in every household. He really believed that. He believed there would be a computer in every household. And so he created an operating system that he believed would be on every one of those computers in every household. That's a huge goal when there's millions and millions of households. But that was that was his goal. That's what he was shooting to achieve. And one thing happened that helped him. Computers went from being the size of a Mack truck to be in the size of a cell phone. And therefore, their computers now, of some nature, laptop, desktop, or cell phone, or iPad, or something, in a large majority of households, I won't say every household, but when I say a lot, I mean a large majority of households now have some sort of computer. And most of them are operating on some system associated with Microsoft, which is why he's a multi-multi-billionaire today. But he had the goal even before the goal makes sense. How could you create a software for computers that you believe will be in every household when the size of the computer is almost too big to fit in a house? So you had to believe that the technology would somehow exist from somewhere else because you're not building the actual computer, you're building the operating system. So you had to believe that somebody somewhere would figure out how to make them small enough to fit in a, in a house. I'm just saying, guys, you got to think bigger. And then you got to face the fear of going after that big thing. See, our goal is to heal nations vacation and that's it you know you know how many nations there are you know you know how big this 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 planet is you know how many people live on it you know how many people are hurting you know when you decide you're going to heal nations you but but when we set that goal was huge but we felt it we felt that this was our purpose. And, 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 and with an army of people, we can achieve it. But, but we had to hope that there were going to be some things that were going to happen. The stars would line up to allow us to have that opportunity to help heal. We just set that goal literally Seven months ago, that became our mission about seven or eight months ago. We started to talk about it in October, and then we went through a pre-launch and launched it to the whole company around October, around November.
And then the world went into a pandemic and consequently a financial recession, depression, or whatever you want to call it right now. And at a time when we took a position to help heal the nation, the nation has never been sicker than it is right now. People have never come to realize that they need healing than they are right now. See, I, I, I would never wish for what we're going through or never hope that this would happen, what's happening to people. But I do recognize the opportunity in it for us to go make a difference and help. So just like Bill Gates' goal was to put his operating system in every household, something else had to make the computer small enough to be and affordable enough to be in every household. And just like we set a goal to heal nations, something else had to happen for people of these nations to realize they needed help and give us the opportunity to help. See, but you gotta set big enough goals and face the fear of how you're going to achieve them and then let the stars and the universe and everything line up to create the opportunity for you to do what you said you're going to do. So you were talking big about how many people you're gonna help, how many people you're gonna help. They really need it now. You said you were going to do it. You said you were going to go help 500 people and, and, and grow your business into the next level of director. You said you were going to go get the first 250 to get to the first level of director. You said you were going to get 2,000, become a third level. You said you were going to do it. They, they need you to do it more now than they ever have before in your lifetime. So face your fear and go get it. Go do it. Go give the knowledge and information to people. You said you were. It's amazing to me how people said they were going to help. And then when people need help, everybody's sitting around going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Uh, you said you were going to help is what we need you to do. You can't be afraid. Some of you have a goal to make $3,000 10 times it and set your goal to make $30,000 a month. You can make $30,000 a month. It was, there was a time in my life when I, I you, nothing in me, in me believed I would ever be able to earn that type of money. There was a time in my life where I, I dared to dream that big. And now I'm at a place in my life where that's scary. I need to make way more than that to achieve the goals and dreams. That, that, that's not even motivational anymore. But, but to get from where I was to where I am, I had to dare to dream. I had to dare to set goals. I had to dare to make them big enough. And then I had to face the fear of going after them.
sure that was number nine. So number 10. You got to get really, really good at marketing. See, if you want to be successful, if you want to be a multimillionaire, you got to get really, really good at marketing. Now, what is the definition of marketing in, in, the, in the sense of what I'm using it now? Marketing is, is, is applied psychology. It's finding out what people need, filling that need, and helping them get there. That's what it is. You, you, most people don't know what they need to be successful, so you've got to help to help them discover and persuade them to go after what they need to win for their family. That's really what this what marketing is all about. And you got to you got to get good at it, guys. You got to get good at getting out there and sitting with people and and right now I don't mean physically sitting with we're zooming everybody um and and uh and doing online presentations, but you got to get really really good at it communicating, persuading, and helping people get what they need to be successful. That's, that's, that's really marketing. That starts with your presentation. See, see you, you, you got to become a, a, a great presenter. Now, does, I don't mean you got to do a dazzling presentation, but you got to do an effective presentation at persuading people to go after what they want and need. You do, you got to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying marketing, but, but let me just be transparent, guys. It, it's, it's selling. You got to become great at it. It's that nasty, dirty word. We're calling it marketing, but most of you know it as you got to learn to sell. Anything great that you achieve will be because you sold. What is the definition of selling is the problem. See, most people see selling as a nasty, just almost immoral thing. But truthfully, if you understand selling, which is helping people achieve what's good for them. See, I learned that early in my career when I started with AOMs, now Primerica, and and uh, and we were doing buy term insurance and invest the difference. And so we were teaching people how to have an instant estate with insurance to provide for their family until they invested and built enough of an estate to provide for their family forever. And so they would no longer even need insurance. And so we were teaching you how to have an estate now and then build an estate for later so that eventually and all throughout your life, your family would be covered. See, that's what we were doing. And everybody needed to do that. But not everybody knew that. So we had to we had to become good at selling people on why 
They needed to build an instant estate with insurance and why they needed to invest the difference in mutual funds and other vehicles that had high rates of return so that they could retire financially independent. We had to we had to convince them a why and and sometimes people made that seem so bad and you're selling insurance and uh, that's got to be the lowest form of sales there is an insurance salesman. But when I matured in my career, see, most people go into selling insurance, have short careers. There's a high turnaround. Every six months, somebody who joins becomes an insurance salesman and quits. So they never see the manifestation of what they're actually trying to do. See, but I spent 20 years there. Some of my clients that I convinced, that I persuaded that they needed to have an instant estate actually died. And the way our company worked was that the death benefit would be sent to me to deliver to the family and to sit down and consultate with them what to do now that that loved one has passed. And I started to realize that if I didn't do the right job on the front end, that right now would be such an awkward, devastating situation for me to go back and face what I did. See, if somebody needed 500,000 of insurance, but rather than do my job and rather than convince them and persuade them that that's what they needed, I only sold them $100,000 worth of insurance, which would nowhere near take care of their family. And now that, some, that person passed away and I'm going back to, to sit with that widow and, and give them $100,000 and explain to them how that's going to provide when it's not. And so now I got to sit back across that person. And because I failed in the beginning, I have to humiliatingly deliver an insufficient death claim at that time. See, only then did it become so real for me. And I became so thankful that I learned to be great at marketing. I learned to convince people. I, I learned to, that the things that I did that some people said, man, that's low. Like I show a family that they need to have a half a million of, of, of insurance and then I, I, I'd, I'd explain it to the husband and he'd be looking at me like, oh, I'm not, you know, that much that's going to cost. And then I turn to the wife and say, what do you think he should do? And, and they feel like, oh, that's a low. You turn to the wife. What are you going to do? Well, how are you and the kids going to survive? But when I came back with that half a million dollars, they were so, the, the eyes of the widower would speak volumes and how happy they were that I convinced them, persuaded them to make the right decision and how now they could take that half a million dollars and put it in, you know, a investment vehicle and earn interest on it and use it to replace the income 
of the person who passed so that they can keep their lifestyle, that they didn't have to lose their house, that they didn't have to have their cars repossessed, that they didn't have to take their kids out of school, that they could afford, they didn't have to make any immediate decisions. I would bring them the money in a, in a, in a money market account and I would bring the checkbook to them so that they didn't even have to worry about how to cash a half a million dollar check. It was already available in the money market account earning interest and I would deliver to them the checkbook. And, and I would say, so from this checkbook, you can begin to use this money to change your life. And then I would give them investment options of where to put the money. And their first check they would write would be, they would write a check to me for their investment, whether it be put this much away for the children's college education and put this much away for retirement. And, and then the rest of this will, see, I could, but I had to become good at and feel good about helping and persuading in order to be prepared for the day if it ever came that I had to back up my work. I had to show that what I said was true, what I did was right. And man, I got stronger after that first one. When I delivered that first one, I met, I, I gave, are there, were there still people who didn't listen? Absolutely. But it wasn't because I didn't give it everything I got. It wasn't because, it, it, sometimes it was just because they couldn't afford it. But it was never because I didn't say or do or try everything I could to get them to get what they needed. You got to become good at it. You got to believe in, that's the first key to becoming good at it marketing what you have got to become good at you know number 11 is don't focus on time and effort focus on results let me say that again don't focus on time and effort focus on results See, most people focus on time and effort, so they spend all their time being busy. See, if I ask most of you watching me right now, are you working your business? You'll say yes. Although I know your results. But you're not focused on your results. You're focused on being busy. Time and effort. I spend time today. I'm watching Winners Win, and then after that, I'm going to organize my office and clean it up and get my files in order, and then I'm going to fold all my Surge t-shirts, and then I'm going to organize all my Surge hats, and, and then I'm going to, and whew, boy, today was a busy day. Really? How many people did you help? Because your job is to help people. That's the results. How many people did you have? If you can go a whole day and feel like you've been busy and not have one person become your business partner, did you really work? See, if you focus on time and effort, your answer is yes. But if you focus, focus on results, 
You can't have a McDonald's, go into McDonald's, open the store, prep all the food and not sell not one daggum burger and call it a successful work day. Even though you may have been in the building all day long, although you may have cleaned the floors, the counters, the bathrooms and prepared for people to come in. Although you may have filled all the soda machines and the coffee machines and the juice machines, and although you may have pulled the food out of the freezer and set it up in all the prep stations, if you don't sell a burger, you ain't done nothing that day. That's a lost day. Because your job is to sell burgers, fries, and a shake. Your job is to sell something off that menu. And all the prep time and employees showing up and all that other stuff is irrelevant. It's a waste of time and effort if you don't get the result of somebody buying something. And you'd never see a franchise owner count that as a successful day if you owned a McDonald's and didn't sell a burger. You got to focus on results in your business. Not on how to be busy, busy work, moving around, watching videos, doing the trainings, you know, taking classes online, and all that stuff you gotta do. Gotta learn. But you gotta implement the learning and get results. That's a work day. That's working your business. Number 12. especially in the times that we're in right now, you got to shift your environments regularly. I truly believe that. You got to shift your environments regularly. The environment you're working in should reflect the work that you're doing. So you got to shift your environment so that, that, that you're doing several types of work. If you're doing several types of things in the same environment, you become you know, ineffective. It becomes stagnant. It all blends together. And I know this to be true, and I, I do this often. I start in my office every day. And then at some point, as I start to, to change from, you know, my surge conference calls to some of the other businesses and things that I own or things that I do, I'll move into the family room and, and take a different posture and have my little folding table in front of me, you know? And then sometimes I and and I actually have laptops in different rooms in the house. So sometimes I'll I'll go up to the theater room, you know, and I'll I'll put international news on the on the movie screen and I have a laptop up there and I'll sit in my theater chair and kind of half recline it and put my laptop on my lap and I'll work from up there. You know, and so I constantly shift my environment so that I shift my creativity and my thinking as I change what I'm doing throughout the day so that I stay sharp and I stay efficient and I don't get in a rut. And so guys, even though you may have home offices, that doesn't mean that everything you do, you do in that one home office, especially if the things you're doing are different. Some of you have are working from home. So you should have your work from home station where you do what you have to do for your job. 
And then you should have somewhere else when you switch and leave that job and go to doing your surge business. And you should have your surge business corner. This is where I'm going to do my surge business. And then when you have other interests, business, hobbies, whatever, you should maybe move to another part of the house, which is where I do my other hobbies and interests in businesses. But you have to keep shifting your environments regularly so that you keep shifting your thinking and your creativity and everything that you need in order for you to to, to, to stay sharp and go to the next level. Number 13, this is important because there is no wrong answer, but you have to have an answer. Number 13 is define wealth and success for yourself. What does that mean? I started this by saying 14 things become a multi-multi-millionaire, but your goal might not be to become a multi-millionaire. What does wealth and success mean to you? For most people, it's not all about money. And so it's very important that you, you, you make a decision, that you decide, that you determine for some people, wealth is $5 million. For others, it's $100 million. For others, it's a billion dollars. That's even increasing. They're saying that Jeff Bezos of Amazon, because of everyone being quarantined and online orders skyrocketing, is poised to be the first trillionaire. So you now can dare to even dream to be a trillionaire. Because I believe if somebody does it, then so can you. So as soon as one person breaks the barrier, you'll turn around and next thing you're going to see two or three or four trillionaires over the next couple of years. And then that'll continue to grow and become a whole new category. But what, what does wealth and success mean for you? Define it. Define it. And then number 14 have a firm stand. See, whatever it is that you define wealth and success to be, and whatever it is that you decide you're going to do to achieve it, number 14 is have a firm stand because your stand is what becomes your brand. See, so many people are jumping all over the place running from company to company, trying to represent multiple companies and brands to the world. When all reality, it just looks like you don't stand for anything. See, if you truly want to be successful, if you truly want to help a ton of people, if you truly want to build a following that's unbreakable, take a stand. And that is your brand. That's what you'll be known for. That's what people will know they can count on from you. Your stand will become your brand. Because see, I tell you this, 
Tough times are going to hit everybody, no matter what business it is. What it takes to be successful and win is the same no matter where you go. The obstacles you cross being an entrepreneur, every entrepreneur crosses those obstacles. There is no way to run around them or avoid them. When you jump around, all you're doing is, what is the word I'm looking for? Delaying them. See, see, you can run sideways all day and delay what's in front of you. Or you can go forward and, and confront those very obstacles that everybody who succeeds has to confront. So you got to stand for something. You got to believe in something. If you don't believe in it, how can you get anybody else to believe in it? If you won't stand up and fight for it, how can you get anybody else to stand up and fight for it? You got to believe in something. You can't just be all over the place and expect re the results necessary to become wealthy. A multi-multi-millionaire, you got to stand for it. You got to believe in something and that becomes your brand. If you take these 14 things and implement them in your life, as I read this article, I, I just, I, I felt overjoyed that I believe I've applied them all. I feel empowered to relearn them because you forget so much along the way that I knew immediately I had to share them with each and every one of you. Take this information, apply the knowledge, explode your business. I'll see you next time on Wednesday.